This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Okay, so here's the very latest. Uh, both the Boston Bruins and Hockey Canada announcing that Matthew Poitra will report to Sweden and will compete for Team Canada at the upcoming U-20s. That is the World Junior Hockey Championships. That is the uh, the very latest news. But that's not the only news that we're talking about today. We will get into that discussion, uh, what that means for Team Canada and what that means for the Boston Bruins. And, you know, one of the things that has kind of always been an issue with uh, this tournament when it's overseas, even when it's in Canada or the United States for that matter, um, players that are playing in the NHL generally, well, one, they see themselves as pro players and they look at the U-20 and they say, well, look at this thing for what it really is, and that is a development tournament. I know we turn this thing into the be-all, end-all of national identity and so much of what we think about hockey is based on what happens at in this you know two-week slice of these players' careers. But make no mistake about it, the World Junior Hockey Championships is a development tournament. That's what these all are, the U18, et cetera, go right down the list. Um, and a lot of players that are in the NHL or playing in the American Hockey League uh, that are available, some made available, some not. You know, one of the things that they always talk about is the pro rhythm and what happens when you get out of the pro rhythm. And there are, like, there's at least one player um, that I've been told of who has some misgivings about going to represent his country. Um, namely because the tournament is overseas. And A, it takes you out of your pro lineup, whether it's NHL or AHL, uh, for a couple of weeks. And also, it disrupts your rhythm. And then we're now in a, that, and then now that it's in Sweden, you also have significant travel attached to it as well. For a lot of them, they'll tell you it takes a few weeks to get back to the NHL tempo, the NHL rhythm, the NHL way to play. And a lot of them say, you know what? It's not worth it. This is my livelihood. This is my job. The U-20 is a development tournament. It's not the Stanley Cup. It's not the Olympics. It's a development tournament. Nonetheless, that is a sidebar issue. Uh, Matt Poitra being made available by the Boston Bruins. He will play for Team Canada uh, at the upcoming U-20s. A tournament that when you look at it on paper... The United States looks really good. The United States looks stacked. And I think coming out of this one, you're going to hear a whole lot more talk about Cutter Goche and just how good he is and how outstanding a prospect the Philadelphia Flyers have. Anyhow, I digress. Um, interesting over the weekend. You know, it was a week ago that we all joined each other here on this program, and we talked a lot about hitting from behind. And have the hits from behind subdued? No, we saw a couple more on the weekend. But it seems as if new week, new topic. And this week's main topic, although we should still discuss hits from behind, whether it's, you know, Pasternak or the incident when the uh, Colorado-San Jose game last night, um, the issue this week is goaltenders. And really, you can make the case that all season long, the issue has been goaltenders. Whether it's Antti Ranta being placed on waivers, clearing waivers, and getting sent to AHL Chicago, that's a big one. Uh, subsequent to that, now we see Aaron Dell uh, getting signed to a PTO by the Carolina Hurricanes. They already had a look at Yaroslav Halak. Uh, didn't like what they saw. They've moved on. Aaron Dell now gets an audition with the Carolina Hurricanes. It is amazing how many lives you get when you've played 100 games in the NHL, right? You play 100 games in the NHL as a goaltender, you will get chance after chance after chance after chance. 
But that's not the only goalie issue uh, around the league. That is a big one. Uh, that's an interesting one. Kachetkov, by the way, played really well for the Carolina Hurricanes um, in a shootout loss yesterday to the Washington Capitals. But there is the Phoenix Copley situation. There's the Jake Ottinger situation. There's the Alex Lyons situation. There's the New Jersey Devils and what do they do situation. There's a Jack Campbell struggles uh, situation. There's a lot of things happening uh, in the 4 by 6 between the pipes around the NHL. So let's begin the discussion there with Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Hello, Frege. Hey, Jeff. How you doing, bud? Uh, uh, I'm good. Just talking about Matt Poitra there a, a couple of seconds ago before he came on. So he gets the uh, he gets the approval from the Boston Bruins to go. Hockey Canada is the benefactor here. Poitra will now play uh, with the Team Canada World Junior Squad. And I was making the point off the top that for uh, a lot of pro players, they tend to look at this tournament and see it for what it really is, and that is a development tournament. That's like the U18. It's for, at all levels up. You always have these development tournaments that lets you know where you stand or where you skate in the international pecking order. The U20s, we seem to have turned into this audit on where every country is vis-a-vis hockey. Um, but one of the things that players will talk about, pro players, is getting out of a pro rhythm. Uh, how much of that is a is a legitimate concern, do you think, for players this time around? Like, I know one player specifically who has misgivings about going to play for his country because he doesn't want to get out of his pro rhythm. And he's one of these players that's, you know, sometimes AHL, sometimes NHL, and he doesn't want to cost himself a shot at, at playing in the National Hockey League. How much of a concern is that for players and for teams? It's probably uh, different for each particular player. Um, like, you know, I remember, for example, Jason Spezza was a guy who he didn't want to go after. How many times did he go? Three. And then he was still Three. eligible for the fourth time. And he was like, you know what? No, I think it's it's been enough for me. And so I, I think it depends on the player, like how much you're playing in the NHL level. Like Zach Benson's playing. Poitras, um, you know, you know, he didn't play a game last week. This is an interesting one because I I heard like, like a lot of other people that actually reported it too. uh, At the end of last week, there, there was a lot of, you know what? No, he's not going. He's not going. Then all of a sudden it kind of changed pretty quickly. Like it sounds like the, like the Bruins um, did. I don't know if an about face is the right word, but it does sound like their feelings on this changed uh, uh, pretty recently because it didn't look like he was headed there. I'll say this. I remember uh, uh, Brian Murray telling me that when Curtis Lazar was playing with the Senators and he went Mm. to the World Juniors, um, the Senators had a pretty big negotiation with what his role was going to be. And I, I think it was kind of like that. It was, okay, you know, he's in the NHL. You want him. Well, okay, what's this going to mean? Is he going to be the captain? What's his role going to be? And I do remember that particular conversation being about if we're sending him to you, we're making sure we're getting our money's worth out of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And listen, sometimes we see that when teams um, send players back to junior. I can recall Alex Petrangelo with the St. Louis Blues, and they they, they were hesitant to send him back to junior unless he got traded to a competitive team. Uh, and that was the negotiation there. Yes, we'll send him, but uh, he has to play for a competitive team, and that's essentially why Ryan Strom got traded 
uh, in that Niagara Berry deal so many years ago. That was essentially the deal, Strom for Petrangelo in the OHL. Um, the goalie issue is one that I guess we've been talking about all year, Elliot. Like, this mm-hmm. isn't a, a new situation. At the beginning of the season, we talked about how many teams have the, the three-headed monster. Some still do. Um, and it seems as if, you know, as the weeks go on here and we get deeper into the season, now injuries become a major factor, whether it's Dallas, whether it's Detroit with Ottinger and Alex Lyon. Lyon not a practice today. Matt Murray called up on, a, on emergency by the Dallas Stars. Uh, it seems as if there's no shortage of goalie stories around the NHL. Uh, Antti Ranta gets waived and clears. Uh, he's uh, to uh, gets headed to Chicago Wolves of the American Hockey League. Of all the goalie stories that are out there now, we'll just set the buffet table for you. You've got your plate. Uh, where's your first serving? What's most interesting for you? Uh, like this is my ribs of, of the uh, phone conversation today. <laughs> the podcast, yeah. This is this is the ribs of yeah. my radio interview today. Um, you Pretty know, I think yes. Carol. I think I think Carolina's got to be the one that we're probably sitting here and looking at the most, just because it's kind of the most recent, and it's the one that's you know that's at the forefront of a lot of our conversations right now. Um, you know, Aaron Dell going in there on a PTO. It's the it's the second PTO of the year in in, in Carolina. Um, you know, they already had Halak in there and. Uh, and, and that one obviously didn't work out. I think possibly because Halak would have had to play uh, in the American Hockey League, and I'm not sure if he was ready to do that. Um, so that that to me is the one. Um, you know, I, they have a, they have a lot of balls in the air. Like they're looking. You know, right right now they've got Kachekov and Yanov Peretz, who's a heck of a story there. Yeah. And you know, this is a team that wants mm-hmm. to win the Stanley Cup this year. And, you know, who would have imagined that that would have been their goaltending combination uh, 30 games into the season? I don't think anybody could have seen uh, that coming. Um, so I think they're looking around. As, as we mentioned, they got Dell coming in. Uh, Don Waddell made it pretty clear yesterday that he spoke to Ronta and said, if you can find your game back, there's a, there's a role for you here. And then there's this murky situation again with Frederick Anderson. And I, um, you know, I know there was some talk last night that maybe he's getting close, but I had a couple of people just say, hey, you got to be careful with this one because, um, you know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a situation where people, like, there's just a lot of unknowns. So don't, you know, don't get, don't put the cart before the horse on this one. So I, I think Carolina is the biggest one because that's a Stanley Cup contending team. Like, L.A. had an injury to Copley, and they're a Stanley Cup contending team, but at least they still have Talbot there. Um, I'm curious to see what they do down the road, but Carolina's got the bigger questions. Um, there are still teams that are either carrying three goaltenders or have three NHL goaltenders, and, and I am considering Dustin Wolf sort of in that category as well. That yep. you know he's come enough, uh, come up enough, and, and played enough at the NHL level for I think a lot of us to say, 
he at least deserves a long run here. But when you have Markstrom yep. and you have Ladar, it, it's going to be real tough, obviously, to make room for him. Um, and I, I keep circling back to, to the Calgary Flames here. And listen, this is a really, uh, this, this is an interesting team. And we're going to see Calgary in action uh, tonight, five games on the go around the NHL. Markstrom skating again. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's good to go over the, uh, getting over the fractured finger. I can't help but thinking, you know, so much of some teams' issues, whether they be in net or on defense, might just get solved here by the Calgary Flames. Should they choose to go in that direction? Should they choose to go in the, we're taking a step back and we're going to end up making some deals here? How do you see what's happening with, with Calgary? Like, Every time it seems as if they take a couple of steps forward, they run into a situation where they lose four of five. Um, and then we start asking questions about Hannafin and Markstrom and uh, Chris Tanev, etc. How, how do you see Calgary playing out here? Well, I, you know, I, I think this. Like, I do think... Um, I think the Flames in general are going... I don't know if rebuild's the right term, but... I think they're headed to like kind of like a restart. Like, um, you know, I, I look. I, I think it's more likely than not that you know Tanev, Hannafin, and Lindholm get traded. I mean, we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, but like, like I like, I, I like. I, I would say a couple months ago, I didn't know what Calgary had future-wise, and now I look at it and I say, you know what, it's not that bad. Um, you know, that Zari looks like a real player. Um, you know, Rasmus Anderson has played very well. Um, you know, we'll see what they do in goal. You know, the, the goal thing is, is, is a challenging one because, I, you know, as much as they like Wolf, I, there's not a lot of runway there in terms of the NHL level. And I think they're very careful about how much they put on him. You know, Markstrom has complete control over his situation, and there's no evidence to say that he wants to go anywhere or they've gone to him about it. I think they would move Ladar if they could. But, you know, Jeff, one thing I was having this conversation with someone this morning, you know, Granta is making a, a million and a bit. Um, you know, everyone's talking about Eric Comrie in Buffalo. He's making 1.8. You know, with the way the cap yeah. is this year, you know, a lot of teams can't handle that. So, um, like, that's part of the challenge here. So when I look at the Flames, I, I say this. The easiest guy to move is the guy they're not going to move, right? So my, my question is, if they want to move Vladar, and I think they're open to it, or even if they wanted to move Markstrom, and we have no idea if he's open to it, I, it's, it's very hard mm. to handle. Like, we were talking about Merzlikens this morning on the pod. Like, let's just say Columbus yep. wanted to do that. Who can do that right now? Teams can do it, provided Columbus wants to retain. Like, I say the same thing about Jacob Markstrom. Like, you can make a deal. I just don't know if Calgary has any appetite to retain on on the $6 million contract. I think that's what it comes yeah. down to. And if you retain, then you get then you get a sweeter return. Yeah, I understand that. But, like, um, you know, I, I, I think the thing right now is that... Um, but, like I said, I, I don't even know that that's even feasible. Um um, I, I like like again. I have no 
I don't know right now that Calgary would even want to do that or Markstrom would even want to agree to it. So besides, again, I, I think this is the key thing is that, you know, Wolf, they're, they're going to do what they can to protect Wolf. He's, he's a really good, talented young yep. goalie, but he doesn't have a lot of runway yet. You don't want to put him in situations he's not yet ready for. Um, okay, by the way, we will see Markstrom in net tonight. He gets to start as the Calgary Flames face off against the Florida Panthers. Um, I want to rewind to Saturday, and I'm, I'm curious what you think the bigger story in one game is. So Toronto just stomps uh, all over the Pittsburgh Penguins. 7 yeah. nothing is the final. What's the bigger story, the Toronto win or the Penguins' loss with Dubas and Spezza there? Well, it's always the carnage in our business, right? Like we always, we always go to the <laughs> carnage. Yes, it's like it's like yes. people who watch auto racing for the accidents. Like, like to me, it's it's the loss. Um, you know, for a lot of reasons. First of all, you you don't expect to see Pittsburgh lose like that. Um, you know, uh, secondly, it's you know Toronto who who they were missing. Like that was a game, that was a seven nothing win without your yeah. number one scorer, one of your top defensemen, and your number three goalie. Like you're you're looking at that and going, holy smokes! Like, and you know, as as I said both on the show and Saturday night in the podcast, like, I like to me, like that's that's a meaningful game. Like I know Dubis is not a player, but that's a meaningful game. It it's a game that matters and. Look, like, elite-level athletes, one thing they understand is a snub, even if it's not really a snub, right? Like, they, 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 yep. they understand what it's like to go into your former building. Like, you look at the Jets last week. They're down 2 nothing to L.A. They look like they're in trouble, and they find a way to win. They know how much that game – like, to me, that's – what's Anthony Stewart's line? Are you a team or are you a club? Like, to me, that shows the Jets yep. are a team – because they know how much that means to the guys and they come back and they find a way to win, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I just think that 7 nothing loss under all those circumstances and Dubas going back, it's, a, it's an awful, awful night for uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, a couple of other teams to get your thoughts on. Um, and there are two teams that have, over the last seven over the last 10 games rather have almost identical records uh the buffalo sabers and the ottawa senators um two teams that we thought were about to take the next step two teams that are realizing that it's tough to win uh in the nhl we might even want to throw detroit into this mix i mean they're one in five with patrick kane now alex lyon is is hurt philly Huso goes tonight uh, for the detroit yep. red wings maybe we throw them into the mix as well team we're suspecting we're ready for that next step and poised for that next step, but it hasn't been there yet for them. Um, Buffalo, as you mentioned, still has the three-headed goalie monster. Interesting with that one, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but we look back at it now and we say that, you know, they were, you know, they were going into the season with three goaltenders who collectively haven't played a hundred games in the NHL. Maybe we should have looked at that a little closer. Uh, and the Ottawa Senators, I mean, the song remains the same. What the fans want, uh, ownership doesn't, and management doesn't, and that's a decision on, on DJ Smith. Your thoughts on, on both these teams right now? Well, first of all, I'd say on Detroit, I, I bet you if they can go back into the, the time machine and not into the future, like you were talking about, Jeff, but go back into the, yeah. the time machine, um, I wonder if they would have played Lions sooner. 
Like, I know he's hurt right now, as you said. He's not going to play tonight. But yeah. uh, he, he's given them some of their best goaltending. Um, you know, I, I think the thing is right now, like, if you look, we talked about this year being the changing of the guard in the Atlantic division. Yeah that it was going to be Ottawa, it was going to be Buffalo, it was going to be Detroit. And, you know, you sit here and, and you look at the standings, one Boston, two Toronto, three Florida, yeah. and Detroit's there, and they've got games in hand, two on Tampa Bay. But Tampa Bay is still, you know, right there. And, you know, the number one thing that tells me, Jeff, is how hard it is to win in this league. Um, I really do think that... Um, you know, it, like a, a few years ago, uh, someone gave me a book called Talent is Never Enough. And I thanked them for the book. And I said, it's good that I have no talent because I really understand this. But <laughs> the, the whole book was the, the whole book was about was a, was just about, you know, what other things you have to have besides talent. And I'm watching some of these teams this year and, and I'm really getting that like details matter. Uh, termination matters. Consistency is important. Like I think the hardest, one of the hardest things in the world is to be consistently good uh, in performance. Cause there's just so many things that line up yeah. against you. But you know, the one thing I'll say about Ottawa, you know, I was reading uh, Ian Mendez piece today and you know, he was talking about how like for the owners, it might be new, but for the, for the fans, it's six years of this. And I, I understand that. Like, I understand Ian's perspective, and I understand the Sanders' fans' perspective. But I also, if I, like, I also put myself in everybody's shoes here. If you're the new owner of the Sanders, you can't look at it that way. Like, I think it's a really, because, like, like, I understand what the fans are thinking, like, again, but I also understand, but I, but also, if I'm in charge, I would say, we can't be governed by the past. As a matter of fact, our players have told us that we have to run this organization differently than it was in the past. And you've got two sides here, and it's not like either side is wrong. They both have their legitimate points. But I, I think what's very clear to me here, and I know I've said it many times, is the new ownership looks at it like, I know what has happened before, but we cannot be judged by what's happened before. And we're not going to make the same mistakes. We're not going to be reactionary. It was a very, very reactionary owner, and they are determined to be different. And those two things are not compatible right now, but it's just kind of the way it is. Let me, um, as I'm hearing you talk about Michael Anlau, the new owner of the Ottawa Senators, and not hot-shotting the team, um, because to the to the Mendez piece, it, it's been six years of this. My first yep. thought goes back to the Buffalo Sabres and Terry Pagula, because when he bought the Buffalo Sabres, the first thing he did was try to hot-shot the team. And yes. it was, in comes Christian Erhoff, right? Like, you remember, all of a sudden Darcy Regeer, Billy Lano comes in from the Philadelphia Flyers as well. Like it was here, Darcy Regeer. Here's a lot of money. Go get some players. Sabres fans are sick of it. And the Buffalo Sabres paid for that. So like I understand what Ann Lauer's thinking here. Like yes, I, I, I get it, and I understand the idea of of trying to resist, trying to resist. I I think there is going to be a pressure point though. Like there's only so long. 
Listen, you, you always think about, you know, taking care of someone's mental health. You can, there's only so long that you can put DJ Smith through this. If this really is already a lost season, how, how much longer can you put him, can you put him through this one for each? Oh, I, you know, I understand. Like, you know, like I watch, like I watch, like I watch every one of his scrums, like, you know, like, like you could see last night, he's like, and you know, it's, it's the same thing for the reporters. Like the reporters have no questions to ask anymore either. Like everybody's nobody, yeah. like nobody wants to talk to anybody here. Cause it's, it's like, it's groundhog day. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's just waking yeah. up with the same thing over and over again. I, 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 but the thing is like, again, Jeff, it's like, if I was, if I would be happy about one thing here as a Sanders fan watching all this, it's that we have an ownership group here that is not going to make snap decisions and not going to let pressure dictate what they're going to do. And I know that's I know that's very hard to see a positive in right now because you want to pressure them into doing <laughs> what you want. But I think yeah. the best teams they know when to take a deep breath and say we're not giving in yet. Tonight on uh, Rogers Monday Night Hockey, and I'll talk to David Amber coming up an hour or two. It is the Montreal Canadiens and the Winnipeg Jets. I want to ask you about one Montreal Canadiens player specifically. And first yeah. of all, let me preface it, by, preface it by saying this. Martin St. Louis is one of my favorite coaches to listen to. Like, there's a lot of coaches, yeah. I think, like, that are that are must-listen to. Paul Maurice is one of those. He's always uh, interesting and, and eloquent. And I put Martin St. Louis in that category as well. Um, and I want to ask you about Josh Anderson here. Uh, scores his first goal. It's an empty netter. Okay. Martin St. Louis with a, such a money quote um, saying, I don't give up on players until they give up on themselves. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't quit on Josh Anderson because Josh Anderson hasn't quit on himself yet. Two goals for Josh Anderson uh, Saturday on Hockey Night in Canada. Habs and Jets tonight. Do you have a thought on Josh Anderson? Anderson of the Montreal Canadiens. Well, I was happy to see that because I was watching the game on Wednesday when they had that 12 round shootout against Pittsburgh and it looked like he just didn't even want to shoot. Did like not they, want to go out there terrified. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and that's that's bad. Like that's your beaten before you even start. You might as well just put the X up on the scoreboard cuz you you're not going to score against these goalies if you're like that. So you know, obviously, I was I was very happy for him. You know, they that's you know that's a player that's got a high regard. Like, there's a lot of teams out there that really like that skill set, and there's a reason he was given that contract by the Montreal Canadiens and was and was coveted uh, by them. But um, yeah, I, like, I don't know if there's much else to say, Jeff. Other than I was just happy to see the results because all you had to do was yeah. watch that game Wednesday night to see how much he was struggling. Speaking of results, uh, the Winnipeg Jets are getting them, and we'll see the Winnipeg Jets mm-hmm. tonight, as I mentioned, uh, against the Montreal Canadiens on Sportsnet. All of this without Kyle Connor, they just continue to find a way to win. They're one of the most impressive teams in the NHL, flat out. Like now that listen, Vegas has gone through their speed wobble. They've uh, they've straightened out the plane. They're fine. Uh, they might be you know playing the best hockey of any team in the NHL right now. Um, but right in there as well, the Winnipeg Jets, who even minus their top goal scorer, someone that would have been in the conversation for the Rocket Richard, Cal Connor, Winnipeg still finds a way to get W's, Elliot, and we'll see them in action tonight. 
Yeah, really impressive. Um, you know, Hallebach is giving them great goaltending. Uh, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, like the one thing, the, the thing that their extensions did for them was not only lock up two really good players for a long time, but it really just quieted the noise. Um, you know, there, there hasn't been a lot of noise around the Jets, and maybe that's just because you're going well, so there's no controversy. But, you know, it just seems to be a, like a quieter existence, which they probably like uh, a, a great deal. I mean, their, their best players, we talked about this earlier in the year about Vancouver, like their best players have been consistently good. You know, Winnipeg's best players have been uh, consistently good, yeah. and they've, they've had some real depth up and down uh, the lineup. I, I think, like I said to you, I think the one thing to me that's very interesting there is I, I'm just curious to see, and, and I don't. And this might not be a this year question anymore because they're going so well. But like, how does mm-hmm. Shevel Dayoff deal with the team on the blue line long term? You know, they've got, um, you know, they've got yeah. Dylan up after this year. They've got Demello up after this year. They've got some young kids like Heinola and Logan Stanley who really want to play more. Sandberg looks like he's a real player. Um, you know, like they're. So, like, but that now you can punt that problem, Jeff, because things are going really well. But I, I just think the best thing for them is, is that there's no, there's no controversy. Like, you can talk just about how well they're playing. You know what's really cruel, Elliot? What's that? The standings, the standings in the Western Conference. So we go into Thursday last week. Edmonton's facing off against Tampa. If they win, they leapfrog over Arizona into a wild card spot. And that would have been the moment Mm -hmm. where you say, okay, Edmonton's back. All of a sudden, they go from being one point out looking to overtake Arizona to losing a pair of games and now find themselves back five points. Well, that's true. But the the one thing I'll say is they have... They have two games in hand on Arizona, and they've got three on Nashville, um, you know, right now. Um, so, like, the only team that's, like, only Minnesota, who's got one more point than they do, has played as few games as Edmonton. So they still have a bit of a schedule advantage. But you're right about that. Like, what have we talked about? They have no margin for error. They have no room for stinkers. They've, u- they've used up all their stinkers. I have to tell you, the one team that's, that's blown me away is, is Nashville. Just in the sense that um, I think I did a radio hit there. I do a radio hit in Nashville every week. And I think I did one there about a month ago. And they were 31st in the league. And I know it was still early and there was yeah. time. But, you know, now their, their winning percentage is like 585. And, you know, there's still a lot of runway to go they here. They four in a row. But... Yeah, they, they're they're very streaky. They they've had a few like this. They're very streaky, but you know, like they're they're building they're banking points, and I'm really surprised and I'm really impressed. Soros once again just reminding everybody of how good he is. Elite, elite. W- one last thing, really quickly, and uh, it's something that you mentioned, and now I'm looking for it everywhere. Uh, you had mentioned last week after the cousins Branson incident that a lot of players yeah. really didn't like that hit. As much as the yeah. NHL looked at that, the Department of Player Safety said there's there's nothing here for supplemental discipline. You mentioned that a lot of players didn't like it. Ever since you mentioned that, I've been really watching Panthers games closely, and whenever Nick Cousins is on the ice, I'm always curious. And I saw something on Saturday. Did you see the run that Evander Kane? 
took it, Nick Cousins. Yes. I think it was yes. in the, the first or second period, and that's all I could think about. That was Nick. That was Evander Kane saying that wasn't cool. Now, listen, Evander Kane's an aggressive hockey player. He's always going to finish his hits, etc. We know that. But it just looked as if when Kane saw that it was Cousins, he wanted to put a little bit of extra spice in the bowl of chili. You know what I mean? Well, everybody likes extra spice in chili, or they should. The worst thing is bland chili. <laughs> but, you know, Jeff, the, like, I have to listen to Luke Gazdick with Erica Branson. I, I, I've heard it's very good, and I, I have to listen yeah. to it. I spoke briefly to Good Branson last week when he was in Toronto, and he said that, um, you know, like he kind of made a crack about that he, he wasn't surprised that someone was to deliver that kind of hit to him it would be cousins now i want to see what he said to uh uh i want to see what he said to gazdick but he did say that yeah yeah, to me Hmm. so i there definitely look some guys have reputations in this league whether it's reputations as a diver or reputations of certain things clearly cousins has that label of somebody who players think is is a bit dangerous um, but I, I want to hear what he said to, to Luke. Like, Jeff, to me, like I, I said last Monday, I thought there was going to be a crackdown. We really didn't see anything last week. I, I was looking for boarding penalties. There was one against Matthew Joseph that was a clear penalty. Jeff Carter got one, which I still haven't seen. Yeah. But then on the weekend, there was Pasternak and last night Jacob McDonald. And, um, you know, again, like, I'm just curious to see where this is all going to go dangerous out there um on that we'll let you go uh enjoy the rest of your afternoon we'll check back tomorrow and uh, enjoy the jets and the habs tonight on uh, rogers monday night hockey thanks pal all right buddy take care